And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. So before uh, before we get started, by the way, we want to um, play a clip from episode <laughs> one, which seems like seven lifetimes ago. <laughs> well, here it is, Paige. Play it. I don't even know what this is about. You got some famous friends. You're not going to call What's anyone the- out right now. No What's way. No. But Gabe, you'll like this. Do you have a Bob Lee one from June? Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good Let's one. get Bob Lee on the show. <gasps> well, we have to get Bob Lee on the show. Okay, yeah. Bob, if you're listening. <laughs> Bob. Oh, he's not listening, but I'll text him. <laughs> Here's, Bob, we're going to be sending you this. Here's the Bless offer, Bob. Bob, I think I, I managed to read some of those headlines admirably. It, it set up the conversation well, but you would never have butchered Christian Pulisic's never. name. No, like God, I he's not a guru. Oh, so no. I'll sit this one out. The B block of any show Bob Lee wants is his. Yes. And we'll just get the heck out of the way and he can tell you all the things you missed. <laughs> I won't even, like, I'm just going to sit here while Bob, I could listen to Bob Lee just like read dub lists. Thank God. With that. We're just actively trying to give this podcast to Bob. Yeah. This is going to be the first time somebody just gives their podcast away on the first episode <laughs> to Bob Lee. <laughs> what did I miss with Michelle Beadle? Bye, Bob, Bye Lee. Bob Lee. You missed that I gave it back and I gave it to Bob Lee. So there you go. That is finally 74 episodes later. Bob Lee is here, ladies and gentlemen. Bob Lee is here. Yay! And we get to talk right. about like happy things. We get to talk about World Cup. Okay, so, so there's like I'm I you know I'm gonna bug you for all of this because a I now have decided I'm gonna be the person who puts money on events before way before they've started, so I'm gonna want some hints and tips on that. But let's just start with U.S. because I think one day before I die, I want to know that the U.S. has really shown up in the World Cup and made the world take notice. Is 2022 the year? Well, what do you mean, take notice? I mean, this event started in 1930, Oof. and only eight nations have ever won it. It's, it's, it's a more exclusive club than owning an NFL team um, or being in the College of Cardinals. Uh, you know, it's, you know, with, with greater responsibilities, one might uh, add. Um, so, you know, in 2002, the United States, you know, getting through to, the, to, to that round with the, the epic victory over Mexico. So... If people forget early on in the in the World Cup, we we finished you know well up I think third. So so much you know a lot of great footballing countries have shown up at the World Cup and gone flat, <laughs> never gotten out of their group, never even qualified. England didn't qualify for the '94 Cup here in the states. So yeah, it, the pool of players is deeper now than it's ever been. It's uh, the choices, you know, that 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 the U.S. have at, at all their positions has never been, you know, a greater array. There's never been more promise. 
but the the way you qualify is never a window under the way you play the World Cup. Right? Could it? Sure, sure, it can happen this year. It, it it it's a matter of of finding your mojo, avoiding key injuries, and 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 you know games turn on just the smallest of margins. It certainly could happen. And and you know we're in a place as as a footballing nation that uh, I never thought we'd be at this point uh, because of you know when you talk about you look down the roster of players and the and the European clubs at which they're playing and my god not you know when I was just starting out and when I was you know knee deep in this game and we were doing our world cups in 2006 and 2010 2014 these were pipe dreams to have as many players playing at all these established European clubs so yeah it could well happen this year so put a shekel or two down at kennymain.com yeah <laughs> No, I, I I was looking. Okay, so yeah, the favorite you got your your normal, your favorites. They're all there: Brazil, yeah. Argentina, France, Germany, England, yeah. Spain. I, I'm trying to figure out like who is an outlier that may have a shot that no one's even considering right now. Well, not, not an outlier, but when you know, I we spent a, over the course of a number of events, I, I must have spent months sitting next to Roberto Martinez, who I, I do consider a friend, who's the Belgian national team coach. And how can Belgium, yes. this tiny little nation, almost an afterthought on on the map of Western Europe, uh, produce such, such great players? I mean, they're 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 not an outlier. Uh, no. I would clearly put a little bit of the mortgage money on them. I to me, I, what is it about World Cup? I, I think. The last one was the one I really, and, and a lot of my friends too, we all sort of just, I don't know why it took so long, but watched everything, like watched every minute, went to the bars, did the whole, sat at home, had they people over. You buried the lead there. That's why, that's why the, went <laughs> no, to the bars. I know. Well, but you know what's funny is though we were in New York and like, even then some of the bars just, some really got it and they were all decked out and ready to go and some had adopted countries as the faves whatever and some were just sort of like what uh what channel and which blew my mind cuz you know as arrogant as we all are once we discover something we assume the whole world needs to know about it we're event snobs yeah we're event snobs 100% yeah. but yeah. it is there's nothing i i can say this without feeling like i'm hyperbole i just feel there's nothing like it it is the most exciting event that i have missed out on for Two thirds of my life, and I'm disappointed in myself for. It. Is there anything close to you that that even no. remotely is as exciting as World Cup? You know, and, and the irony of it is what you talk about. And, and which particular cup were you just describing? Uh, uh, the, uh, the one, 14, uh, for, uh, yeah, 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 eighteen. Yeah, because I was in okay. New York. Yep, in, in Russia. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I've been at. So, this sounds like you know name drop. I've been at so many of them in person. I mean, we lived in France in '98, traveled yes. the country. Uh, that was tremendous. I spent an aggregate of three months in South Africa, a uh, number of trips to Brazil, the Women's World Cups, uh, the European Championships. I mean, uh, and when you're at the epicenter of it, um, you feel you're getting the excitement. You're reading the local papers. You're walking the streets. You're, you're dining in the restaurants. You're talking to the fans, the cabbies, whatever. But, you know, when the United States does well, for example, uh, during the uh, the game in uh, after Landon's goal in, in, in 2010 at, at the death, uh, Ian Dark, <laughs> go go USA! You know, I I was hosting that game with Steve McMenamin. England had just qualified to go through to the next round, and within five minutes of each other, you know, the United States qualifies. We're hugging each other. Then we have to calm down and then take the throw from the game. As as yeah. exciting as as it was for all of us to be there, then we saw the videos of the reactions of the fans back here in the States. And and it's a not uncommon reaction. I've talked to a number of friends I've worked with a number of cups on. And we we say, you know, 
we, we miss an important part of the World Cup by being at the World Cup, which is being back here and absorbing that, that, that native uh, excitement that's everywhere. So you actually are probably getting a part of the World Cup, an important part of it, that we don't even get being there. Right. If you're 8,000 or 6,000 miles away in the Southern Hemisphere uh, and you do well, um, it's important, yes, but it's not in the water supply. I remember <laughs> the morning after Germany destroyed Brazil. Seven to one, I think, was the Ooh. final in the semifinal. And we were living in, in Rio for six weeks, right downtown on Avenida Atlantica, right in Copacabana. <laughs> and I would go out, I would go out every morning for a walk because you gotta stay in shape and you gotta keep your energy levels up. Cause it's it's you know, everybody on the crew, it's 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 just like being one of the players at, at a different level. And I would Every morning for six weeks, you're out. You get to know the the residents who are also out walking. You'd nod, and you know they don't speak a lot of English, and I don't speak a lot of Portuguese. But we would see each other, and you, how you doing? And the morning after that game, you would think that Martians had come down and <laughs> torn the soul out of this nation because the people were just looking. It was just, you know, that Brazil, you know, and so to be there in Oof. that nation in that moment when they had all this anticipation that. Built up to that game with Germany, the semifinal, when they got the cup five or six years earlier, and they were just strafed. And it was, it, but it, it, it's such a human moment. I remember, I'll stop filibustering. No, I here love and it. Yield back the, the balance of my time, I love it. Madam Chairman. But like, <laughs> we're sitting there watching that game, the Germany game with Brazil, you know, with, with a player from Germany's past and a player from Brazil's past and they're reacting in such Ooh. different ways um, and and it's just very human and at the micro level at the macro level you see it all the time it's there's no event like it yeah the, do the Olympics have more events yes and in, in, in gross numbers of yes but um, it's not they have one event building all these strands and storylines and personalities it's it's great and it's and it can legitimately change in a half second. I think that's oh. like the Olympics don't have that kind of vibe. I mean, there's plus there's so many ways by which we judge Olympics, gold medals, country, you know, it doesn't matter. There's so many things happening. This is it. It's just one goal. You got to be the top dog at the end of it all. There's there's just nothing like it. Like you have the, the best perspective of anyone I know for sort of the growth of soccer specifically in this country, because all I can really see is, okay, so yes, I'm in LA, I see, or I was in LA, I see LAFC taking off, I, I see more and more people talking about things in New York, people getting up early to go watch Premier League, what have you. But for you to, to sort of stand back and watch where we are now versus, say, even just 10 years ago, what does it look like? Well, I, you know, the joke that uh, the men in blazers, Raj and Devo, talk about is that soccer, the sport of the future since 1972. <laughs> and I, I can remember the I can remember those days. I mean, I did Cosmos public address at Giant Stadium in 1979 when they were drawing 78, 79,000 people. Wow. And you, they were scalping tickets. Uh, they were owned by Warner Brothers, and so they they had a mascot of uh, Bugs Bunny who would walk the sidelines. The guy, <laughs> what? the guy who portrayed Bugs once got busted for for um, scalping his tickets outside Giant Stadium. Yeah, and and then of course the NASL imploded in the early '80s. And not to do a thumbnail history and bore everybody who's you know you know not my ancient age, but. <laughs> The franchise values in Major League Soccer, um, the deal that they just did with yes. Amazon, which is a template 
for increased revenue, but it, it just shows you how serious all these new streaming platforms are and how different deals. I mean, and, and the best thing for MLS in terms of exposure, wanting as, you know, where it claims to be a league of choice, and to some extent it's actually come true, it's, it's a global deal. One of the problems with with like baseball is still in the Stone Age when it comes to his broadcast rights. If you if the game is not on the national package and you don't live within the con, you know, right? Even on my god darn phone, you can't see that. I want to see my Mets. What are you doing? So it's a global package for MLS, is my understanding of it. At least I'm reading about it, and so anybody can watch it, and that's that's important. What is the ceiling for MLS, anyways? I mean, I know you know we're getting huge names that come over here sort of on the back ends of yeah, their career. Yeah, I've seen that movie before because that movie was playing in the 70s. I mean, that's how Pelé ended up with yeah. Cosmos and Beckenbauer. It was not quite at the same point in his career that Pelé was. So when you see great names coming over, you show me when you're coming over in your prime and the transfer numbers are high. And we're not quite there yet, but very few leagues are at that point. I mean, the money and the English premiership, Hmm. Um, and it's not, you know, if you spend too much money, you'll end up like Spain in eternal debt. And you see what's happened to Barcelona. I mean, just the, the reality of, of the economics. Um, what's the what's the ceiling for MLS? I mean, they've got to at some point play the international calendar, which means playing through the winter and, and not playing in the summer. you got to get in sync. Okay. Um, I don't know that they'll ever adopt because of the exigencies of American capitalism. Promotion and, demo- and, and, and and demotion, you know. Wouldn't that be great for baseball <laughs> to bring up the top AAA team? Yeah, well, that's I, not going to happen. When, now when you're paying, you know, $4 billion for a team, you know, and we have a crap year and we have to rebuild and, you know, yeah. you're not sending me down to the AAA. Yeah, we're not watching but, anyway, uh, so. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but, the, but the surest barometer is, is franchise values. And you see what those teams are going for. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but they're multiples of what they were in just the recent past. Oh, yeah. They're going fast. And that, that, that deal they just did was yeah. silly. It's a new template. Silly yeah. money. Um, yeah. I always laugh when, you know, when we talk about we, – we get so caught up in U.S. sports salaries here, and I always try to tell my friends, oh, you think that's something. Uh, you should go read about soccer overseas because there's – there's rights, you, the the ability to talk. I, I think with the exception of a handful of our guys here, the money that flows through Premier League, through all of the different leagues, is astronomical. Yeah, and, and it's global. And the funniest thing is, and, and the English, you know, they own the language. They had it a few hundred years before we opened shop here, you know, <laughs> uh, in, in Virginia, Jamestown, etc. But... You know, you talk about so-and-so making so much in wages. <laughs> wages. In wa- you know, you hear wages, you think of somebody, you know, with an envelope, taking his pay envelope. Yeah, home and like pulling clocking a few, in. like A couple of pound notes, a couple of crowns <laughs> out of there. No. You know, which is one of the reasons, you know, Ted Lasso, among the many things that that, 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 that series captured was really the the, the sense of, of uh, the cultural impact of uh, – of soccer, uh, but the money, you know, just watch the message boards in an English league game, and you know, much of them are in uh, in Chinese uh, huh. overseas spending, Singapore, whatever. You're talking to a global audience. You don't see that in baseball. No, and you don't see it in the NFL just yet. I mean, the NFL is trying to become more and more global out of necessity because they're maxing out here in the states in some regards. Let me ask you about locations. We have the live tour. So this is obviously a very hot topic right now about origins, where money comes from, hypocrisy, what have you. So obviously the last World Cup having been in Russia, this one in Qatar. 
Actually, do you say cutter hey, or do you say you, Qatar? I, I, you know what? It's interesting you say that. Um, I used to say cutter. Then I was told it was Qatar. And then my friends at Fox who are going over there and some of them who have been there already say it's cutter. <laughs> so we're back. Uh, okay, good. I'm sticking yeah, with it. And, 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 and if you are a, a citizen of the nation, you are a cutterese. Cutterese. Um, but, but by the way, though, imagine if this World Cup were scheduled to be in Russia, what the scramble would be. And we would see oh. what the moral, where the moral you know, uh, empty gauge would would hit on the gas tank for FIFA. But, I mean, they, they would have had to have moved. They probably would have ended up moving into either the Germany or the United States, who are probably the two best equipped nations to throw a World Cup on six months' notice. I mean, can't we just, between the Olympics and the World Cup, can we just change the whole vibe? This one's tricky, too. Like, it, it puts sports fans, it puts me anyways, you know, sort of in a, a quandary of, I'm, I'm obviously going to watch, but... Why? Why? I, I know we're talking about sports washing these days and what countries are trying to do and change their image globally and what have you. But of all the beautiful places in the world that we don't have to have these sort of moral questions, we keep doing this. How do we get out of it? I know it's money. I know yeah. it's money. Well, you know, and, and the live golf thing, I think, has unleashed a fury of convenient and easy outrage. Not that I disagree with it. Right. Uh, at all. And I'm paying six bucks a gallon like everybody else right. is for gasoline. So, I Good mean, Lord. you know, I, I, I'm blessed to be in a position where it's, it, you know, and I don't drive to work every day. I just come downstairs to the to the den here. <laughs> but it's really easy to be pissed off and angry about live golf and, and the Saudi. Uh, all I ask for is philosophical uh, and ideological consistency. Apply it to China. Right. Consistently. LeBron. Well, Daryl Morey tried. He got well, no, no, trouble. but I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious, and I give I give points to Adam Silver. I mean, his the very first response from the NF uh, from the NBA went after the Daryl Morey uh, tweet was not great, but they they righted right. the ship and got it, and they've cost themselves some money. But there's been other reporting done. I mean, you know, the Fanaway brothers at ESPN.com have shown you know some of the things they've talked about with with camps um, and knowledge of what the NBA is involved with. China China has as many issues as any other country, and is is the outrage tempered by uh, the popularity of the sport and and the dollars at stake? I mean, golf is golf. Right. Golf is golf. For those of you listening, I'm saying my hands are close together. Now I'm saying the NBA is the NBA. <laughs> my hands are further apart. The lesson here is watch this podcast. Just don't listen to it. Um, but, you know, Le LeBron, I think, has a responsibility and an opportunity, more importantly, uh, and it's easy for people to come to the conclusion that, that leading uh, players, you know, at a time when social voice and equity are very much a part of sports, more so than ever before in the last several years, here's an opportunity to to make a stand. And um, if you are a billionaire, hmm. uh, you can afford to may perhaps make a stand and, and, and at least become educated and, and uh, talk to the fact that, you know, what the... There's no, there, there, you know, freedom of speech in China is a very different thing. Freedom of access to the internet is a very different thing. Is there an opposition party in China? Oh, no, not till the last 60 or 70 years. Well, do you think you know, that, are I mean, we comfortable? Are we comfortable dealing with a nation like that um, and putting it all on the table? And those are questions people need to answer. So if you want to get in a, in a froth about live golf and you have every right to and, and, and are justified in doing that, Take a pause, take a deep breath, and and look at look at China, and and and, and see. All right, should this should this outrage or this introspection and this attention extend to the NBA? Do you think it's as simple as it's just not in it's just not in our face enough? Right. I mean, I, for, today's athlete 
is obviously a lot more vocal, a lot more in an activist role, those who choose to be. But they also are doing it on things that are very much in our face. Videos of, you know, cops shooting black men. That is something we all see. We can't argue it. It is there. Versus an issue like China. We don't live there. When those guys go over there, they're going as VIPs. They're not they're not allowed to see, you know, the stuff that we're supposed to be mad about. And in order to be mad about it, it would take a significant amount of research and really in-depth studying that, you know, to be honest, I don't think a lot of people actually care to do. Is it just that simple? We just don't know. You're right. I mean, live golf. Um, All you have to do is 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 think about what happened to Khashoggi uh, and look at the I forget the number of didn't they execute. Right. Several dozen, 80 political or political or criminal prisoners, criminal prisoners, I should say, in one day this year in Saudi Arabia. So, you, yeah. No, and if you look, you look at the skylines of Shanghai and, and, and uh, you know, the great cities of China, they look much like the you know, skylines of Los Angeles from, from a distance. And so, yes, it's there's nuance and subtlety and thought involved. And that takes work to be an involved citizen. And it's not 140 characters. It's not 280 <laughs> characters. I'm serious. No, it takes some critical thought. It takes, you know, take some time. Read something besides the headlines. Take some time to get, you know, don't be sitting there watching reality television all day. Just half the day. Just half the day. You, you need half balance, Bob. You need, ba- you need well, balance. I know you have that balance in your life. <laughs> you some day you to. wear the pumps behind you. No, Other sh- days you wear those. Cry. Birkenstocks. I live in Birkenstocks now. Thanks a lot, COVID. You're a, yeah, <laughs> you have changed, haven't you? <laughs> I, I've, really, I've really lost it. Um, the good happy news is 2026. We will be surrounded by festivities. What? Do you see how do you see this all playing out with the with the game sort of spread out all over the Americas? I'm I'm pumped, but like, what are you expecting? Well, I think back to '94, which was a tremendous experience. Um, I was there for I call the Italy Italy Ireland match nice. at Giant Stadium. Uh, on one of the that's a lot of flag I, confusion, by the way, for people. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell that's you a, this. That's a tough one. Look, that's the very stadium I was. I used to work for with the Cosmos. I've called a number of games there uh, when I did some freelancing for the Cosmos in the early 80s. I grew up 10 miles from there in Bloomfield, right off Route 3. So, and and <laughs> on that day, it was the second day of the World Cup in, in 1994, which was the day after the slow white Bronco chase with Mr. Simpson. Ah, uh, yes, I remember. Ah, we had Italy and we had Ireland. And, you know, we show up like three hours early, a lot of security everywhere, helicopters, sniper teams on the roof and whatnot. But we're thinking to ourselves, and I grew up in in North Jersey. I'm thinking to myself, look, I, I, I kind of know the landscape. There were 600 kids in my graduating class in high school. Hmm. 50 years ago Sunday, by the way, that's a scary number. What? 600 no graduates, 400 of their names ended in vowels. So this is North Jersey. I mean, they, they filmed the end, the last scene of The Sopranos three blocks from where my house was. Oh, that's okay. awesome. And all of a sudden, they open the gates, and you're watching people file in, and, 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 and the colors, and, and you realize 70% of this crowd was Irish. Wow. I mean, the Irish always travel well. But I don't know how to this day all these Irish fans, and most of them, many of them f- flying over, got tickets to this game, but they outnumbered the Italians about two to one. Damn it. And of course, it was a one nil game. That was a great month. There were some incredible games. And I think the one thing that they, they learned, I think, from that cup was the travel distances because it had travel unlike anything else any other World Cup. We, we take for granted, like yeah. Brazil had that back in 2014. It's a huge nation compared to other nations that host world. I mean, Qatar 
you know, you basically could bicycle from match to match coming up. <laughs> yeah, this you know, is a whole new ball game here. So, you know, they, they, they've divided up and basically uh, into the east, west, and central. It's still going to be a fair amount. Of, so the travel and the time zones will be an issue. Uh, increased number of teams. But it, it will be a festival. And I can only imagine what the ticket pricing will be, though. I mean, it's, you know. It's going to be insane. You have you got to know somebody. You got to know somebody. Yeah. Know somebody. This yeah. might be one um, of those few times where you try to pull in some favors. And even then, who knows? Uh, yeah. By 2026, I will have no friends left. So I feel like I'm going to have to- Are you on that glide scope yeah. to zero? <laughs> just keep going down. Oh, jeez. Am uh, I still in the number? Yeah, you're still I... there. You're still... Okay. Bob, do you know anyone anywhere? <laughs> Get me to the worst game that's even happening. Um, I'm going to take a quick break because I know Gabe wants to jump in and probably tell us. Who? Gabe, I know. It's just going to be asinine. But I have one thing. If you're not rooting for the US, which country do you find yourself pulling for, whether you knew it or not? It keeps happening. I think that's determined by the storylines that build mm-hmm. you know, the teams that you fall in love with, either by the way they play or the players that they have or the way they've qualified. Um, listen, uh, I you could almost felt the the ground shake when uh, Shabalala scored the the first goal for South Africa in the opener in 2010. How could you not have have rooted for the South Africans? In fact, the last day they didn't make it out of their group. But they came close. They were playing France. And on the last day of match day for, for South Africa, I was down in Cape Town interviewing Archbishop Desmond Tutu. One of, of the course. great experiences yes. of my life. God, yeah. yeah. So he walks in to his office, his Nobel Peace Prize winner, an epic figure on the scale of Madiba, Nelson Mandela. Mandela was the inside man. He was imprisoned at Robben Island. Tutu was on the outside working, you know, his leadership. He walks into the conference room in his office in a very unprepossessing strip mall in Cape Town. <coughs> wow. Bishop Tutu is a man of uh, stature, maybe about 5'2", wearing a Bafana Bafana jersey. <laughs> and a, our boys, our boys, Bafana Bafana, that, that yellow jersey, and what they call a Makarapa, the miner's helmet, which all great South African soccer fans wear because... Soccer was the black sport at that time in South Africa, uh, rugby the white sport, uh. and, and the black fans, many of the minor, miners by trade, would go to the matches wearing their helmets, and they'd called makarapas, and they would decorate them. In walks a Nobel Peace Prize winner wearing a mining helmet. Great gentleman. I had to ask him, uh, Bishop, if you don't mind, we, we need to see your face. Could you take a... But that is the passion of the World Cup where a Nobel Peace Prize winner oh. is wearing team colors like that. It was a great moment. And you were way overdressed. I know you were way yeah. overdressed. Good <laughs> yeah, job, Bob. Good job. <laughs> All right, take a quick break. Gabe's going to come back and just charm us, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Thank you. 
Uh, we are joined now by the lovely and talented Gabe, who has some words. Love, <laughs> yeah, Gabe. <laughs> lovely and talented felt a little too sarcastic. Uh, Bob, I don't know if you agree. Who, me? At the beginning of the show, uh, you heard a soundbite of us from episode one. And Bob, that soundbite uh, gave us the chance to get back connected after a little while. And it was delightful. Yeah. So thank you very much for being here. I normally am part of a, oh, sure. a segment we call What Did I Miss? Which are just some headlines that people Which I miss could, all the time. Yeah, Beetle might have missed. So we're going to do that segment. But before we do, I just want to say one sincere thing. And this might tee up a story from Beetle. You remember when Jeremy Giambi had the walk-off Grand Slam about 20 years ago in the middle of the <laughs> pouring rain night? And then everyone coined that the night he became a Yankee. Bob, I mean this truly. Uh, <laughs> the day that you acknowledged me and Beetle in the newsroom in Bristol was the day I felt like we became actual ESPNers. Until then, we that, were just literally. <laughs> goofballs. Literally. We uh, were always just not supposed to be there until that day. <laughs> it, well, I mean, I mean, we've talked. I'm sure you've told the story in the air uh, about how we had the, these pods, oh. and outside the lines was sitting over here, and we're dealing with Sturm and Drang and Sears yes. and pestilence and locusts, and <laughs> serious stuff, and, yeah. and 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 it's mere strides away. If I leaned out of my chair and went back like over here, and like you guys are over there talking about. <laughs> You know, like a little song, a little dance, a little seltzer down your pants. I mean, yeah. we were yeah. doing songs and dances and games about CSI Miami and going da da, like really. And you're over there like solving the world's problems. <laughs> Just what are we but, doing? But I mean, these these parallel universes were circling the sun at the same time, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, it just it was you guys were having so much fun. So we, you know, we would jump in and have a little fun with you. Oh, well, it was the best fun, moment. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, we we wouldn't take that fun on the air while we're doing some of our serious no. stuff. But no, well, we did. It was, you know, it's a long day in the newsroom, and we we had fun doing it together. Well, I know it, it really meant a ton to me to to become friends with you while we oh, were there. That's nice. And uh, and we'll at the end the statute of limitations. And since you've left, that that friendship is simply it's been severed. It's over. <laughs> it's done with. It's like, it's all over, guys. It's done. Well, uh, the statute of limitations are up, so you can share any Beatles stories from <laughs> Bristol that that you Please. never got a chance to put out on OTL. Um, but here, Freaking my job angel. is to read you a few headlines and get your reaction to them. So, um, oh, okay, fine. I think you probably didn't miss this. Gronk has retired again. Uh -huh. He put out a statement, but he quickly left the door open to come back <laughs> again if Tom Brady were to call him. So, Bob, my question mainly to you, you know where the bodies are buried. What kind of compromise does Tom Brady have on all of us? Why does this man hold so much power? What is going on? Well, he has as much power as anybody else with a $375 million contract from Fox. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, God. I, you know, I, I just think uh, I think Gronk's playing all of us. He knows exactly what he's going to do. He's going to sit home, make some more Dunkin' Donut commercials, do you know, Bad do some acting. more things. Yeah. yeah, I remember what was the video he was in when he was he was drinking um, vodka out of somebody's belly button. <laughs> uh, you remember that one? Yes. Yeah, I remember. You know, I, I we were talking playing this all. Look, Brady is the greatest. He knows it. Uh, if anybody could play to age fifty, he's probably can't make the guy that can do it. And you know, as soon as I heard that, that that Gronk was retiring again, he's 33. I said, no, he's not. We know he's not. So, then, come on, Caesars, post the line. It'll be over under on the date. I mean, what's Gronk going to go do? Find a cure for something? No. 
So like, get your ass on the field. Yeah, but doesn't, hasn't he still banked every NFL paycheck yes. and is living? Yes. He's living on his endorsement money. Which I love. Which only grows exponentially when three goofballs like us <laughs> spend time on a public forum talking about this shit. It's brilliant. That part is, that is the part that sort of throws me for a loop on that one. And so can I just say- but we're having fun we, with we it. We are. Because, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it's our fault we did this. But the $375 million media deal that Tom Brady, that is asinine. I mean, I like I don't even know what that dude's ever said that has made me go, huh, I can't wait to hear more of that. But 375. The person hasn't been born. No. The person hasn't been born that My will God. drive consistently over time that will drive you to watch a sporting event. No. George Clooney could be naked juggling, oh, hold on, hold on. talking gonna, about football, me, and I'm still not going to be like, yep, that was worth 375. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> You're right, you're right. Got it, got it. And by the way, it's weird. It was a weird call for Clooney naked. Maybe Hemsworth. Maybe we're more in Hemsworth territory now. But either way, no. Wow. No. I, I, I know, it changes everything, Wilkinson doesn't it? to investigate you. <laughs> Sorry, Gabe. Uh, another story you may or may not have missed. Trevor Lawrence, of course, signed a huge contract when he signed the number one pick. And he asked for all of his bonus money to be put straight into cryptocurrency. Well... <laughs> yes. so bob did not miss this you want fries with that trevor <laughs> hey can i get some of them monopoly bills too if you're at it throw those in there <laughs> so by the way it's two old people if you're talking about crypto you don't want this you don't want this smoke bob you've covered sports for a while you you've seen a lot of rookies come into the league and uh blow their fortune is this the silliest uh, way anyone's ever done it his his crypto money is way down Something like that. You know, I still don't understand how crypto works. Uh, and maybe it's because I'm, I'm just I'm an old fart. But I mean, I uh, is it the dumbest way? No, I'm sure there are better better ways uh, to, to blow your money. Um, what was who was it? Tuck McGraw who once said, "I'm going to spend eight ninety percent of my money on on women and drinks and waste the other ten percent of it." Uh, I think it was Tug. <laughs> Uh, no, but you know, it's it'll come back. I mean, I hope he's got the seriously. Don't sell people; it'll come back eventually. But um, oh. you know, you know, when he's sixty, seven, when he's so wait, it went twenty four million to nine million. That's the that's the story. Wow. I've 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 tried to learn it. I'm trying to understand it. I have a nephew uh, who works in the financial field who who made some early money on it. Not a lot, but I did did well percentage wise. But like. Uh, to make it the centerpiece yeah. of your portfolio, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But, but what? We, what's coming back? Yeah, yeah. Good God! I, I that is again. I'm with Bob. Look, if Bob Lee is comfortable saying like whatever, we don't know. What, then I'm good because I really don't understand it. It's such a. It's everywhere. All right, I've got another idea for you, and then I need Bob. We're going to need you to help settle some debates on this show uh, in a quick hit around. But last last story here: uh, Tommy Vitor, well known political analyst, worked for the Obama administration. We may or may not agree with him on everything, but here's an interesting idea I want your take on. He says, no. for the good of the country and everyone <laughs> sick of losing to him, hmm. Steve Kerr needs hmm. to retire and run for office. You can take either yeah. side of that. Uh, curious for your response. Steve is far too smart to be goaded into something like that. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, and, and as successful as he is, I don't think he has gotten his due. 
And I don't, I, and fair. I don't know that people, I, I don't know that anybody, has anybody ever done a deep dive on what makes Steve Kerr's coaching uh, MO tick and work? I'm not sure that they just know that it does. Do you think it's because he's still so youthful to us and pop still going? So they're sort of like, we're not ready to concentrate on Steve yet, I, and, but we will. There is such a, the nature of the NBA these are by far the best players in the world. I mean, when you percentage-wise, when you look at the number of people playing professional basketball around the world, and you know this is the very top of the pyramid. The players are so well-known. They are so well-compensated. They have, in fact, such power in many franchises that to coach <laughs> well, fabled uh, football coach come in to come in, you know, like a Mourinho and come in in three years. Right. You've, won, you've, you've come in, you've made your changes, you've won your trophy, then you've worn out your, your, your welcome, and that's three years and you're done. But to do that in, in the NBA consistently with all the variables in play, mm. I, I think it's astonishing because I think it takes, it takes a, a unique, the last thing it takes is X's and O's. It's, it's, you know, you know, I, I follow my Mets game by game. I watch my former uh, colleague at ESPN, Buck Showalter, you know, and, and read every day on The Athletic. They have great uh, franchise coverage there. And, and, and watch, you know, the key is not is what you don't say. The key is empowering people and, you know, letting people find their way. And it's a long season, you know. It's half as long as, as a baseball season in the NBA, empowering people. And tonight's game is not the most important game. That, that's coming in June. Yeah, it's a it's a juggling of personalities, I think, more than anything. And he's got some good ones, so yeah, that, that's a skill. I are we, We're at a point now where Steve Kerr might be the most accomplished basketball person in history because he won how many? Five rings as a player, now four as a coach. He's probably going to win a few more. Oh, uh, I, who else has done that? Let's let's, let's you want to what's the area code for Montana? You want to call Phil? Yeah, okay. Shall uh, ex- uh, excuse me, Mr. Russell, who never never yeah, lost okay. never lost a game 7. Never lost a game 7. I mean, I I you know, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of people you know, you don't go gaga off at the time. First time I met Bill Russell, and he was in a green room at a, at a, at a uh, I think, an ABC ESPN event. It's like, wow. And we chatted for a few minutes. Like, the guy's epic. And everything that he stood for off the court as well. Now I'm showing my age here, but, you know. No, because when you say that, I was thinking when you were talking about the Cosmos, the, the most starstruck I ever was at ESPN, the, the person I was most excited to meet was Pele. That was the one that I was like, I, I genuinely felt, like I'm uh, next to greatness, and that was it. And I like I wanted my picture with him. I was like I want everything, like all of it. I remember he came in with a full linen suit, two phones, spoke four languages. I was just like, yep, this is everything I wanted him to be, and then some. I've got footage. Yeah, I've got footage from the 1998 World Cup. We're calling a game in Nantes, open air little pod. There's three of us there: myself, Seamus Mallon, and Mitch Green, my producer. And and Mitch is on on his video camera, and he zooms over and like. Four feet to our left, Pelé is calling a game for the Brazilian. Oh, wow. It's like everything else doesn't best. matter. I'm calling a game next to Pelé. <laughs> that's it was it. a great game, too. It was Brazil-Denmark. Yeah. God, yeah, that's the big one for me. Oh, sorry, Gabe. We went down memory lane. No. We, so, Bob, <laughs> anything you say, Beetle will surely accept yes. as fact, yep. right? So I would like to have you help us settle a few running debates on this show. Um, we can go through these quickly or take our time if you need. No, but, no, no. I'm, I'm going to be happy to rule with a firm but fair hand. Good. <laughs> uh, we've had long, a whole episode dedicated to uh, Super Bowl halftime shows. 
So I'd like you to help us determine. Up with people, baby. <laughs> no, not an Al option. Hurt. <laughs> Who was the greatest halftime performer ever, and why was it Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> that's right. You're right, and and I remember we broke the story the morning of on Sports Center. They had been uh, rehearsing in deep secrecy on the west side of New York and, and Manhattan. It had to be 12 minutes and 10 seconds or some obscene, you know, right to the second, oh, right? right? And it, but the set list was a closely kept secret, and somebody tweeted it. Nobody really picked it up, but at the end of Sports Center, the morning of the Sports Center, I, you know, the, here was we've got the set list, and there it was. I think we were the first to come out with it there, and um, I think we also put Nils Lofgren on the injured list because he'd had his hip replacement, but which I said, you know, it's impossible. <laughs> Nils is so hip to begin with. Why would you replace that? Did, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it, it was it was Bruce with everything. I mean, if right. yes. 1A Prince. And, I, yeah. and I'm not a. Here's a shocking statement that may cause you to fall out of your chairs in disbelief. I'm not a hip hop fan, but I thought what they did this year was so well produced. Me I watched too. it. I did enjoy it. I, just from the, the technical aspect, and, and it was very, it was mesmerizing. It was the performers were into it. It was so it was, danceable that the guests I had at my house thought I'd lost my mind. But how could you not get up and dance to that? It was perfect. No, but I'm with you. By the way, if you've watched the J-Lo documentary, and I suggest you don't, uh, she does reference the, fa the fact that she actually wanted, she wanted Bruce Springsteen no, to jump in no, during no, the no, Shakira no. J-Lo halftime. To do um, board in the USA, and I was like, "Nah, that ain't happening. That did not happen." No, I don't know no. why people are so down on up with people. She just wanted 60s. people distracted from Shakira. <laughs> she seemed to have a problem with sharing the stage with I mean... Shakira. <laughs> God, I remember that like it was. Oh, that whole the up, yep. I had a tape. Um, all right, this one was a bit more contentious, Bob. Um, who are better athletes, F one drivers or professional golfers? Well. At last report, I had don't know that any um, professional golfers have been pulled out of the tangled, uh, firing leftover mass of their of their golf cart. <laughs> I, that's you're 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 a jet. You're basically a jet pilot. Thank yeah. you. Thank oh. you. I mean, as somebody who used to drive I ninety five in Connecticut all the Thank time. Thank you. Your adrenaline the is out lane, of where this eighty world. is the median speed, and the cops let you do it. And then this was before the Thank pandemic. Thank you. Um, and by the way, driving has gone to hell in this country since the pandemic. But no, I, I, it's it's F one driving. Plus, oh. plus, it's the best itinerary in sports. <laughs> yeah, it has. Yeah. Thank I mean, you. You're not. You're not. You're not going into any second class cities. My God, it's not even close. It's the sexiest schedule. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to Schenectady for this bad boy. All right, like that's it. It's, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why I'm sorry, Schenectady, and all of you fine folks. Well, you, you think it's golfers? <laughs> uh, listen, I I have to accept yes. your judgment as well, Bob. I disagree, but you know now we know the truth. <laughs> yeah, he's an ass. I like, do. There's just no way it's golfers. <laughs> have you looked at them? You just like to point out one or two guys who aren't in well, shape. Well, point out one or two in F1 fit. that aren't. Good luck. No, they are in good shape. <laughs> All right, next one. This one, a little harder to this prove. This one's science. Um, this is where it's going to get weird, Bob. You might, you might start to look at your watch and say, I do have important <laughs> things to do. Here goes. Does the world have more eyes or legs? <laughs> what I want to know is the backstory of this question. Where the hell did it gestate? On, <laughs> in what uh, ill-formed nodule of your brain did this 
become something you felt the need to utter? Does the world No, have this is from the untouched on Reddit somehow. Does these questions get to us and I don't I don't know how or why. It's probably Paige. I I, I, I I'm <laughs> feeling I'm feeling the world has more eyes because we we need we need to if we even if we Ooh. can't get to places we can appreciate them from a distance we can read books we can, can't even eyes. if we can't get to the library we can at least go online so I'm going to vote for eyes the <laughs> the beauty of 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 what we can appreciate in in a, in a small art museum like Langerie where you can go see Monet's Good luck, Gabe. four different murals Good luck with that one I just fish but okay. Um, Too many fish. That's the yeah, all eyes. Wheels, wheels or this doors. <laughs> more. Uh, yeah. the world way, has more wheels doors or thing. doors. Taking a turn. Bob, this is the kind of stuff we normally wow. cover here. Uh, I I would say wheels. Having having traveled a, a fair bit around the world, you've never lived till you've been in a. Uh, I remember being in Ho Chi Minh City, former Saigon, where everybody has a. Um, oh yeah. Uh, a, a moped or a you know a. a yeah, and um, dr driving in the back of our van and, and watching the the traffic play out behind us. And when you would have to cross, you would just step out with all blind faith Whew. that they would miss you into the crosswalk. Seriously, it's the only way to cross the street there. And you learn very quickly, you don't stop. To stop is to die. Keep moving and they will. But just the numbers of, of things. Of, I got to imagine that, you know, you go home to your home and you've got say three or four doors but what if there are five people living there and they each got a moped yep. or something or a motorcycle so that's that's 10 wheels and four doors extrapolate that across a continent or two i put it to you <laughs> gabe i'm not going to sit there and have you badmouth the united states of america that's your clip that's your clip jerome <laughs> gentlemen wheels absolutely pre-law pre-law pre-medicine what's the difference you know thank you and thank you for the uh, animal house reference that i uh i grabbed our last question that has come up that really has no answer. No, yeah, it's is real. This is a real answer. Everything has an answer. It's whether you accept it or not. Would you rather eat whatever you want but have perfect nutrition or require only one hour of sleep but feel fully rested? Option one. Are you insane? No, because those meals will be accompanied mm. by the proper wine and good company. But they are anyway. Extend for hours. And yet you don't have to worry about gout or diabetes <laughs> or putting on weight or all the other shit you got to deal with at an advanced age. Okay, let me ask you. Are you limiting your consumption now? Like, are you not eating or drinking things that you want to be eating and drinking? I try to exercise in moderation because, you know, you, it's tougher to take it off the older you get. And you also want to keep an eye on what's going into your body. But yeah. Uh, and when you don't work for a living, and case could be made that you don't... Um, <laughs> That yep, is fun. I it mean, has it's been fun. Made. <laughs> that you can sleep whenever you want, and I can get damn well guarantee you. But see, when you don't I don't have to work every day. You, I think you, that's. I think this is a question that if you're an insomniac or tend to to lean more insom, that this question for me was an easy no brainer. One hour of sleep allowing me to feel like a human is just so much more tempting. So you you would make use of those additional five to seven hours a day doing what? Eating? I don't know. Just not. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the thing. I'm not limiting myself now. Shoe shopping? No, God, no. These, this is it. I haven't bought a pair of shoes in three years. F these things. I'm over it. <laughs> One day I'll figure out how to sell them. But <laughs> it's like the, it's the <laughs> idea that I could just close my eyes for an hour and feel as good as someone who slept eight. My goodness. Well, you'll discover as you get older and older the joys and, and, and you'll be able to live with the shame of taking an afternoon nap. Oh, I can't wait for naps. And I will tell you that, you know, 
especially when you got grandkids. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's a great point. See, I didn't think about that, actually. Yeah, yeah I see. No. Everyone picked the food. You're actually in the majority on that one. I was very much in the minority. I mean, I'm with the sleep. And, and for the reason Bob just said, twins plus a third, if I could get by with one hour and feel good, <laughs> I'd take that every day of the week. And, yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> it ain't easy. But uh, yeah, it, sleep's important. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the chance to, chance to, you know, as I said, the company that goes with the food. That's important too. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I agree with that. All the best. All the best. Do you have any any serious questions? No. Uh, all right. No, I, I just want to say to both of you that it, it is a, it was a real treat listening to you guys talk seriously about some stuff and see you reconnect. And uh and Bob, I'm so glad that this show actually put us all back in touch on text and, and uh we can all hang again. It's really cool. Yeah, it also took it only took what, five years, six years to <laughs> episode now 75 episodes now it's been fun and yeah that's um, it that's I, it I, i'll think often fondly of the time that you know we would work in close proximity and uh we'd talk about stuff and have have all sorts of, of neat <sighs> fun and i i think i sent you that picture you and i with our, our teacups uh we were at the paley center it was the sport they were celebrating i think sports center's 30th or 30th anniversary you remember that day and they held us in this green room when we had these teacups and whatnot and michelle and i you know our pinkies in the air we were, well, first of all, we're refined. fancy. A lot of people don't very know that about refined. us. Very, very classy well, is, is what a lot of yeah. people like to call us. Okay. I'll, so, <laughs> you said it. Uh, by the way, I know, I know, will you commit? And I love that we have the optimism that there will be an episode 148, but uh, yep. would you commit well, to 148 sure, if there is sure. one? If I'm, if, I'm, I'm on the, if I'm on the right side Thank of the you. dirt and still drawing breath and... Uh, and I and, and all these unlimited Same meals seas. that apparently I'm now able to consume has not you know condemned me to a, a <laughs> no, life of yes. you know horrible health. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm gonna go eat 75 powdered donuts right now. Well, you're running to Gronk at Duncan. God, I bless him. <laughs> 70 mil hasn't spent a penny. I love that guy, kind of, sort of. Bob, you're well, the best. You, at least you didn't put it into crypto. Uh no. Is that smart, right? He probably put it into some bizarro alcohol, but like some sort of company that's going to end up blowing up. He's, he's going to win no matter what he does. It's almost accidentally, really. And that's what makes it funny. He's not yet old enough. In two more years, he'll be old enough to be president. Chew on Just, that. Okay. Well, that's a great place to end this. Thank you. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> you know what? Wouldn't even surprise me. That's fine. <laughs> Considering the journey we've taken in the last X years, yeah, yep. why not? I don't see why not. President Gronk. Oh my God, I love it. It's Idiocracy Part 2. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bye. 
Well, Gabe, it did take us a while to finally get Bob Lee on, but he's one of the smartest people who I... You know what it is about Bob? He's smart, but he's the kind of smart that you want to be around, not the kind that's like, okay, we get it, you're smart. Like, I love being around and hearing stories. And I could listen all day, quite frankly. Well, I got to tell you, yeah, when you catch a reference, yeah, (laughs) the feeling of pride, it's like... So then, but then you have to think about, oh shit, that means I missed like four. Yo, <laughs> so for sure, for I sure. One out of five and uh, he's just that much faster. He, he's yeah. the best. And His I meant what, he, what I said, and we've talked about this offline and like, it really, I could give me shivers still to think about, like I was always self-conscious of the fact that the person sitting nearest me other than you was Bob Lee. Oh, for sure. And that I was acting like a total jerk in the Bristol newsroom and he must've been, he must have requested moving like 10 times. And then to find he out, no, 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 he, he kind of actually enjoyed what we were up to and then became like a real part of the fun. Like that's still the, the story I tell first about Bristol. Because the thing about that, so here, full disclosure, I wasn't a huge uh, like ESPN consumer before I got hired there. Like I watched sports, but I didn't watch a lot of like the other sort of stuff the, the other shows that go along with it uh, but i'm very i was very aware of who bob lee was and so i remember just being mortified because the newsroom is a fairly big space they could have put us anywhere um and it was almost as if on purpose they put us next to the most serious program on the yeah. network uh and here we are this fledgling who knows if we're gonna make it <laughs> we might get canceled any day and, and it was just yeah the day he chimed in with his uh, sound effect on his iPhone was, I, I believe it was the day, I, all of us, I think we were running around high-fiving. Oh. Like wit, everybody. It was a big moment for us. It's a big, big moment. We had arrived. It was. <laughs> we didn't all last long as a unit. But that was, we sort of peaked there and quickly for fell sure. back. Yeah. For sure. But but no, I mean, and I think sometimes I can say this, maybe you feel differently. I The longer it's been since I worked in Bristol, yeah. Uh, the more I do actually think about how unbelievably talented almost everyone there is. And, you know, you run into some duds and some people you don't agree with. But like, <laughs> you walk through a hall and you're like you walk by Bob and then you bump into Trey and there's yes. Schlereth, you know, and there's a bunch on of, the rare Kenny. occasion. Yeah. When Kenny May would make an appearance, you're like, oh, yep, yeah, yep, yep, there's yep. Kenny. And then you get on the hall and you're heading past radio and you bump into Van Pelt and Rosillo and yeah. you get down to the studio. You know, like that was just. We were so lucky and it was uh, a good time. Yeah. Like I'm sure everybody would say that the time they were there is the best. A lot of those people are wrong and that's okay. They don't know that. But I do think that our time there, that window was a pretty damn good window. The only window that I could see people arguing would be the one right before us, like the Rich Eisen, the, the Oberman, Patrick, like that sort of was a big iconic stage for everybody. But yeah, I, I loved walking around. We had a good group. So And I just love that Bob Lee was next to us. Um, Our luck, his bad luck, but it all worked out. (laughs) God, that was awesome. Bob Lee. All right. Well, it was cool hanging with you, Beats. Thanks for letting me be part of that. Of course, dude. 